The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 239th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is the Warriors bench coming up big last night to uh, lead the lead Golden State to victory in Game 1 over the Cavs on a night when Steph and Clay were held to a total of 20 points, their lowest Production of the year, 20 points between them. Uh, Sean Livingston and Leandro Barbosa were huge, to say the least. Uh, they're both backcourt players, so they, in effect, uh, filled the void left by uh, Stephen Clay not having their usual night. And uh, it was just remarkable to watch. Um, I would say my big takeaway was that Cleveland came up with an awesome defense to stop Stephen Clay. Uh, and if they found that formula, that could have a gigantic impact on this series. Uh, and furthermore, the chances of uh, Livingston and Barbosa having another night, especially the same night, uh, together at any point during this series is uh, frankly slim. They're both excellent players, but they both had basically career nights. I think it was a career high playoff performance for Livingston, and Barbosa was uh, equally huge and put on just an unbelievable move going behind the back. Uh, as he drove down the lane, it was just uh, a thing of beauty, the stuff we usually see from Steph. So uh, that, to me, could be the big takeaway from last night. Has Cleveland somehow, some way, found what no other team has even come close to finding, which is a way to stop uh, Steph and Clay? And if they did, 
Uh, this could be a really interesting series. And they're going to need that because, uh, you know, the flip side of it is, you know, they did stop them, yet they lost by 15 points. That's pretty depressing from the uh, Cavalier point of view. Um, looks like it should be a good series, uh, like Golden State and OKC. It's a continuation of Basketball 2.0 as both teams are sprinting up and down the floor. Very, very entertaining. So following up on OKC, uh, I said last week before Game 6 and 7 that Steph Curry had a chance to add to his growing legend and prove he is truly a once-in-a-lifetime player if he uh, led Golden State to victory in that seven-game series. Well, he certainly didn't lead them in Game 6 since Clay Thompson took care of that, but Steph closed Game 7, and uh, it was just awesome to see. I mean... After the game, I saw that uh, a graphic that Clay had one of the top five, I think third, uh, one of the greatest road elimination games ever. He had 11 three-pointers, an all-time record. Uh, and it just reminded me, uh, it was great to see this graphic because at the top was a game that I often mention on this show because I was there. I've always called it the greatest athletic performance I've ever seen, which was Le LeBron's Game 6 versus the Celtics in 2012 uh, when he scored 45 and had a pile of rebounds and assists as well and totally dominated the game over the Celtics. I was there. I'll never forget it. And uh, and I was great. it was just great for me to actually see a graphic that said that is the greatest road elimination performance ever. So uh, justified what I've been saying for the past four years. Um, other leftovers from last night were just simply uh, Andre Iguodala, MVP of last year's finals, came up huge again last night. His defense was just incredible. Uh, on LeBron and others, knocking the ball away, has a unique talent for that. Um, I thought Steve, uh, Steve Kerr's remark uh, to Doris Burke was a classic where he, uh, where he said they were playing like it was a, a mid-November game and not a June game. And when she said, what are you going to do about that? And he said, remind them that it's a June game, that it's June, period. Remind them that it's June. Great line. Another interesting visual uh, was Steph Curry uh, throwing down his mouthpiece near the end of the game. Um, his mouthpiece, for better or worse, has become one of his trademarks. He literally, I get a kick out of how he literally has it hanging out, clenching it, if you will, in his teeth when he's shooting foul shots, half in, half out. Um, so to see him throw it to the floor was... Uh, Pretty interesting, I'd say. And I can't, uh, you know, leave this topic without going back to Game 6. Truly uh, one of the classic uh, basketball games of all time, uh, in my mind. Uh, but it is my bizarre story of the week, and it's basically Oklahoma City's last five minutes of Game 6. Um, the statistics are just horrible from the OKC point of view. Uh, Westbrook's turnovers, 
KD shooting, Kevin Durant. And I like Oklahoma City. I like Durant and Westbrook, but there just seems to be something missing with those two. And, you know, uh, especially for them to get away at that moment in time from having changed their game in these playoffs to get away from hero ball and start distributing, including their teammates, who all were coming up big all postseason long, especially against San Antonio and obviously in games uh, three and four out in OKC to give them that 3-1 lead. And uh, to see them get away from that at the penultimate moment, last five minutes of the game six at home, they knew they had to win it. Uh, was really just disappointing, but I got to say, just not surprising. I kind of had a lingering thought in the back of my mind, if this game is close in the last five minutes, these guys may revert. And they did. I'm not saying I'm some sage. I'm sure a lot of people had the same thought until they do it. They haven't done it. And I don't know whether they panic or the moment simply becomes too big for them or they just simply think, you know, they have to do it themselves uh, or they just simply don't have that championship DNA. But the two of them together, their history has been, uh, you know, they've just gotten to the one finals, haven't won a championship, obviously, and they just, um, in absolute ultimate crunch time, they just have not delivered. Um, so, interesting to see. It'll be interesting to watch the Kevin Durant sweepstakes in the offseason, free agent. Uh, should be fascinating. It's going to be the biggest thing we've seen since LeBron and the decision in that department. Um, my low light of the week was the San Jose Sharks saying that Sidney Crosby cheated <laughs> in face-offs uh, after they lost game two in, uh, in overtime the other night. Uh, sour grapes to me. I mean... I like San Jose, certainly like Pittsburgh since I grew up down that way. And, uh, you know, but you just don't, don't say that, period. Um, you know, he's Sidney Crosby. He wins faceoffs. That's what he does. And the last one he won led immediately to the winning overtime goal. And uh, so we'll just have to see how it pans out. I mean, San Jose... Backs up against the wall now. I think it's 92% uh, in the NHL finals that the winners of, if you win the first two games, you win the series. So San Jose simply must win. It is a must win tomorrow night out in uh, the Bay Area, which is, by the way, uh, what a place to be for sports fans these days. Golden State Warriors and San Jose Sharks, both in the finals. Uh, good for them. It's awesome. And, uh, Love that area, and love that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're hosting uh, these two NHL and NBA finals. I think it's just awesome. Uh, lastly, I wrote a story this week, as I often do, uh, for NFL player engagement for the past three and a half years. And uh, my story this week is the Tampa Bay Bucks director of player engagement, Duke Preston. And the player engagement program that he heads up down there in Tampa Bay, 
uh, great guy, innovative program, and uh, highly recommended reading on the NFL Player Engagement website at NFLPlayerEngagement, one word, dot com. So it's time for our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, so don't go anywhere. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Boys America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And this is uh, always a fun week because it's the week they release the Hall of Fame ballot for college football. And it came out. Voting is now live, and it's just always uh, simply a great walk down memory lane uh, to see the names. There's about 75 nominees, and uh, many, many of them are just absolute household names. as you all know, I grew up in western Pennsylvania, so I'm always very tuned in to uh, 
Pitt and Penn State, and as always, they have a fair amount of representatives on the ballot. Uh, Matt Cavanaugh, former quarterback of Pittsburgh. Carrie Collins, former quarterback of Penn State. That's a particularly good memory for me since uh, I attended the 1995 Rose Bowl when Carrie Collins uh, and Kajana Carter, among others, led uh Penn State to a victory over Oregon, completing an undefeated 12-0 season. And one of the great sports days of my life was uh, attending my first ever Rose Bowl. Eric Dickerson, SMU. Anxious to see how it's going to pan out for him. Uh, You know, given SMU got the death penalty following his years uh, at SMU for the Mustangs. Uh, going back to Penn State, DJ Dozer, running back, also nominated. Uh, back to Pittsburgh, Craig Hayward, Ironhead, um, great fullback for the Pitt Panthers. Uh, back in the '80s, of course, his son now plays for the Steelers, and you may remember he was wearing some commemorations on his uniform uh, for his father, who I believe. Uh, uh, has health issues, and um, so, yes, he, uh, he got a little flack from the NFL for that. So that was an interesting story that I know we talked about the show in the past. Uh, another Penn State guy is uh, Steve Wisniewski, uh, offensive guard, truly one of the great players, offensive lineman in Penn State history, uh, to say the least. Uh, one that really jumped out at me and much, much deserved is Troy Vincent from uh, Wisconsin, defensive back. Uh, great, great player at Wisconsin. First round draft pick of the Dolphins back in the day. He played for Wisconsin in the uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Troy is, I've uh, worked with him closely at the NFL. He, of course, is now one of the top executives at the NFL and truly uh, tr- tremendous human being. And uh, would love to see him get voted into the hall. Uh, he'll certainly have my vote. And uh, so, yeah, but the list again is just littered with, again, household names like Troy Vincent. Uh, another one that I loved seeing, Kirk Gibson uh, from Michigan State, of course, better known for baseball. Uh, but I remember him in the 70s when he was just a tremendous receiver for Michigan State. Certainly could have played in the NFL. and uh, But I think for him, he chose the right sport. He hit one of the most iconic home runs in the history of baseball. And uh, he also... Uh, you know, went on after his tremendous playing career with both the Detroit Tigers and the Dodgers, then went on to uh, uh, to managerial executive positions in baseball. So, so good for him, but what a tremendous college football player he was. Uh, Rahib Ismail, the Rocket from Notre Dame. Uh, what I always liked about him was uh, he grew up in the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area of Pennsylvania, an area I know well. Uh, so 
legendary high school football player from that area. And, uh, so yes, it was just great to, uh, uh, great to see him nominated again. I remember him for just one of the iconic punt returns in college football history. It was on the level with, uh, with, um, Billy Cannon from the, for LSU in the 1950s, uh, probably the most legendary punt return in college football history. Matt Leinert uh, kind of snuck up on me there. He, uh, seems like he played not that long ago. Uh, obviously, the USC quarterback, along with Reggie Bush, one of the great teams ever. I uh, will never forget the push for Bush to beat Notre Dame from the goal line when he helped push Reggie Bush into the end zone for the winning score against Charlie Weiss and Notre Dame. Uh, of course, they lost to Texas and Vince Young in one of the great national championship games uh, in history. And uh, so, yeah, Matt Leinart, an all-timer for sure. And just right below him on the alphabetical order ballot is, is Ray Lewis, uh, of course, we all know him for his Baltimore Ravens legendary career. Uh, but before that, he was a linebacker for the U down in Miami. And uh, and he was just a tremendous college football player as well. And then right below that, him, talk about uh, uh, the highlight of the list, right all three in a row, Peyton Manning. Uh, need I say more? Of course, we all, he's a legend. Closed out his career with the Super Bowl victory. Uh, just retired, but again, he made his name at Tennessee, where he was the quarterback in the mid 90s. Of course, was the first round draft pick of the Colts coming out of Tennessee, but, uh, you know, he was a tremendous college quarterback. Of course, he was the most highly recruited high school player coming out of, uh, I think it's Bishop Newman down there in New Orleans where he grew up. And uh, Peyton Manning, what can you say? One of the all-time legends. Uh, his rivalry with the Florida Gators when he was at Tennessee and Steve Spurrier uh, at Florida. Those were, th th those were just tremendous games during those years, Gators versus Volunteers. Peyton Manning and Steve Spurrier were right in the heart of it. And it was, again, just uh, truly classic stuff. Ken Norton, Jr. Important to say Jr. since his father uh, fought against Muhammad Ali as a boxer. So uh, uh, Ken Norton, Jr., great linebacker at UCLA. And uh, went on to a tremendous career with uh, the Cowboys and I believe the 49ers, both. Uh, you know, when, so he was in the eighties, of course, so he was part of those great eighties, nineties, uh, Cowboys, 49ers rivalry, some of the best ever in the history of the NFL. Uh, but again, remember him well, uh, when he played for UCLA, he, he was, it was obvious he was headed to the league then. Another name that jumped out at me was, uh, Jim Otis, fullback on those Fabulous late 60s Ohio State teams. They won, I think, 22 in a row under Woody Hayes. 
he was maybe about the best known player from that team. Um, the quarterback, of course, then was uh, Rex Kern, but Jim Otis was, uh, he was the hammer. And uh, so we'll always remember him for those tremendous years. They finally uh, had their streak broken by Michigan. Uh, Bo Schembechler, one of the great games in the history of college football. And I always remember a guy named Barry Pearson had a punt return for Michigan in that game. And uh, they literally shocked the college football world. Uh, Maybe in my lifetime, maybe the biggest upset in the history of college football. I literally remember walking in the room at home. I was a teenager. I saw them losing. Obviously sat down, watched the rest of the game. I'll never forget it. Uh, Time was frozen on that day. Another, again, more recent name. I'd love to see it. Troy Palomalu. Uh, USC, defensive back. He, of course, went on to just tremendous career uh, with the Steelers. And uh, just, uh, but before he was with the Steelers, he was legendary at USC. Um, everybody knew he was the first rounder coming coming out. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was... Uh, Great to see him on the, on the ballot. Again, the, the ballot is just, uh, it's priceless to see all these names. And speaking of the Steelers, right under Troy Palomalu's name on the ballot is Antoine Randall L., who was a great, great quarterback at the University of, uh, at Indiana University out in Bloomington, the Hoosiers. And, uh, he, of course, went on to become the jack-of-all-trades uh, for the Steelers, a uh, receiver who could throw. They used him beautifully over the years for trick plays, most notably uh, the one to the pass to Heinz Ward to uh, basically seal the Super Bowl victory against the Seahawks back in 2005. I was lucky enough to be in attendance that day at Ford Field in Detroit. And uh, just a great Super Bowl moment. Heinz Ward became the MVP of that game. Famous picture of him uh, at the end of that play. The pass from Randall L. uh, Of basically hopping, jumping in the air as he crossed the goal line. I think it was the cover of Sports Illustrated. So it was just uh, tremendous stuff. Uh, Ron Rivera from California, linebacker. Uh, he, of course, coached the Super Bowl last year for the Carolina Panthers. Was a great, great linebacker for the legendary 1985 Bears. Uh, and obviously was a tremendous college player since he's on the ballot. Mike Ruth from Boston College. We all remember Doug Flutie, of course, but uh, the top defensive player on those great Boston College teams led by Doug Flutie, who won the Heisman, uh, was Mike Ruth at Noseguard, and uh, he he was just a tremendous player. And interestingly, uh, you know, was very religious and, uh, you know, is well known for that. So good to see him on the ballot. so basically, those are some of the highlights, but again, it's just, uh, you know, just littered with truly, truly uh, 
household names. Um, interesting to see, and I was actually surprised that it happened so quickly, but on the coaches' ballot, Steve Spurrier. I mentioned him earlier as having that great rivalry with Peyton Manning in Tennessee back in the day. Uh, but, you know, he won the Heisman. He, he put literally the Florida Gators, uh, you know, on the map and in the national consciousness back in the 1960s. I was a kid growing up. And uh, everybody loves Steve Spurrier, myself included, when he was a player. Uh, tremendous coach at Duke, where he basically resurrected that program. Uh, we all know what he did at Florida uh, with the Gators. Uh, just amazing, to say the least. Uh, won the national championship there. He's the winningest coach ever in the history of the Gators and also now the winningest coach ever for the University of South Carolina. He again brought the Gamecocks program into absolute prominence uh, with players like uh, Jadavian Clowney and uh, just a tremendous, tremendous career. I'm truly one of the great, great personalities in the history of football, period. Did go to the Redskins. NFL wasn't his gig. So that's when he went back. He went to Carolina to coach, South Carolina. But again, Steve Spurrier, even if his record was uh, uh, not as great as it was, I think he would belong in there on, uh, on personality alone. He's truly one of those people who made the game more interesting and... Um, you know, when Steve Spurrier spoke, you absolutely had to listen. Uh, I always remember him for maybe his signature line, which was when Florida State, obviously the arch rival of Florida, was embroiled in the sneaker controversy. He uh, called FSU Free Sneakers University. So <laughs> on that note, I'll close. And uh, why don't we take our break? And uh, lots more to catch up on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And we were talking last segment about the College Football Hall of Fame ballot that was just released. And uh, again, I was going over a lot of the names. Um, So yeah, so let me continue on uh, because I just... Had the highlights. Uh, there are so many more uh, truly household names. Um, so why don't we continue? Morton Anderson, Michigan State place kicker. Of course, we all remember him for uh, his years with the Saints. And uh, But before that, again, great place kicker for Michigan State. Eric Bieniemy. Colorado running back, part of their national championship team. Uh, of course, Chris Berman had uh, one of the great lines ever connected with him, which is uh, Eric sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> and, uh, but he was a great player as well. Michael Bishop, Kansas State quarterback. Now, I have uh, personal memories of him because... Uh, he came and played for the Patriots. I got to see him running around in Foxborough many times. There was periods when he was, uh, you know, considered, uh, you know, the next big thing on the on the, on the quarterback front. Uh, he, along with uh, the likes of uh, uh, Cordell Stewart out in Pittsburgh, he was along those lines, running quarterback, super athletic. Uh, and I can remember vividly when he played for the Patriots that there was, uh, you know, some talk about him, you know, uh, again, just being like uh, the next big thing. It didn't pan out, uh, but that's okay. He was still, uh, you know, tremendous player for them for a couple of years. And again, a great, great college career out at uh, Kansas State. And speaking of the Patriots, uh, Terrell Buckley uh, from Florida State. He was kind of the successor, you may remember, to Deion Sanders out there as a defensive back. He was like the next big thing following up Deion. And at that point, they were, you know, cornerback U with Deion followed by Terrell Buckley. He ended up playing for the Patriots as well. A lot of guys do. Uh, he's a good player, had a good NFL career, but again, at Florida State, he was uh, uh, just a great player and really one of the more high-profile players in the country. Uh, he had another guy who played for the Patriots, but of course cut his teeth uh, in college at Ohio State, 
Keith Byers, running back. Um, again, great player and, uh, you know, really just another in just the long line of just great running backs from Ohio State, you know, Archie Griffin, Eddie George, on and on and on. And, uh, you know, Keith Byers was really uh, one of the all-timers uh, as a Buckeye. Uh, Mark Carrier, defensive back for Southern California. Uh, very, very high profile. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, just one of their all-time great defensive backs. Again, guy that, yeah, everybody knew his name when he played for the Trojans. Uh, just a tremendous player. Tim Couch, we all remember him. Uh, was the quarterback at Kentucky, tremendous player, number one pick of the Cleveland Browns when they were reborn in Cleveland. Uh, so, in other words, the new Cleveland Browns, uh, their first ever pick was Tim Couch. And uh, he was a legendary high school player. Of course, uh, his NFL career simply went nowhere. He was, unfortunately for the Browns, the beginning of their uh, quarterback search, which is still going on today, uh, 17 years later. I forget the number, although I think it's 24, 25 quarterbacks or so have started games for the Browns since they came back to Cleveland in 1999. Um, so, uh, uh, bit of an ignominious name uh you know in in nfl history but there's no denying uh his tremendous college career another great quarterback from college uh didn't quite pan out for him in the nfl but eric crouch from nebraska quarterback uh just again tremendous player um and you know someone we all remember you know played for played high profile games for the huskers and, uh, yeah, j just great to see him getting Hall of Fame uh, consideration. Another one, Tim Dwight for Iowa. He was a uh, kick returner, wide receiver uh, for Iowa. Let's not forget, Iowa uh, could have been in the college football playoff. They and Michigan State played just a tremendous Big Ten Championship game this year. Uh, it was priceless. Uh, so, you know, um, people like Tim Dwight helped lay the foundation for what is now one of the top uh, programs in America. Uh, and he, of course, went on to a great career with the Atlanta Braves, or like Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Falcons, where he was one of the best, uh, you know, special teams specialists as a returner. Uh, you know, really, you know, you know, in recent years in the NFL. Uh, Marshall Falk, San Diego State running back. Uh, you know, probably a lot of people don't remember uh, exactly where he went to college, but I do, many do. Uh, great player out there at San Diego State. Um, he helped put them on the map, uh, the Aztecs, I believe they're called. And, uh, you know, one of the top players in the country then, top draft pick, 
may have been the best running back in the country, uh, and just a great career, and really someone who, you know, uh, sing- helped almost single-handedly elevate uh, his particular school into just national prominence. Another one, Tony Gonzalez, California, just like Ron Rivera. Uh, was a tight end out there. Of course, went on to become arguably the greatest tight end in, in, in NFL history. Uh, you know, mostly with the Kansas City Chiefs, also for a time with the Falcons. Uh, Dan Hampton, um, Arkansas, defensive tackle, a Razorback. He, of course, was like Ron Rivera again, part of that, a key, key, integral part of that great, great, legendary 1985 Chicago Bears defense. Uh, one of the greatest defenses of all time. Uh, so it's good to see him uh, on the ballot as well. Uh, Phil Olson, uh, Utah State defensive end. I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think he may be Merlin Olson's brother. Um, but regardless, Phil Olson had his own uh, just tremendous career um, at Utah State. Again, uh, known by all. So again, help put that school, you know, on the map during his time there, and it was just, uh, you know, super super high profile player. And speaking of putting schools on the map, that you know, you you, you look back at this and and then see where they are at today, and realize they had a lot to do with it. It was Paul Palmer uh, for Temple, a running back uh, in the '80s. He was just. Tremendous player. Um, I remember him well, again, being from Pennsylvania. And uh, Paul was uh, really one of the best running backs in the country. And again, Temple not steeped in college football tradition. But during that time there, he was, uh, you know, he helped put him on the map. And, of course, Look how good Temple be, has become. Uh, obviously, they beat Penn State to open their season last year and uh, had that great national television game against uh, Notre Dame uh, in the link last year. Maybe the biggest college football game, this side of Army-Navy in Philadelphia in years. Um, Jake Plummer, uh, Arizona State quarterback. Of course, uh, I believe he may have played with Pat Tillman um, at Arizona State. Um, of course, went on to a, a fine career. Got to some, played in some high-profile postseason games with the Denver Broncos. Of course, interesting personality as well. Uh, another one, Simeon Rice, Illinois linebacker. Um, great, great player. Um, he, he was the standard. He was the, the man, the linebacker, uh, in the mid nineties playing for the Illini. Uh, so that was great to see. And, uh, another back to Colorado, Rashawn Salam, um, in the mid nineties running back for Colorado, uh, when they were an absolute power. Um, so again, that was just Awesome to see him on there. I just have personal memories of watching all of these guys. Andre Tippett, um, Iowa, 
speaking of Iowa earlier, and Tim Dwight, well, Andre Tippett uh, was a great player. He, I, of course, enjoyed watching him up close and personal uh, here in New England uh, for years, Hall of Famer. Uh, unfortunately for him, he played at the same time that Lawrence Taylor played, so it was just Unfortunately, no chance of him becoming the best linebacker in the NFL. Uh, were it not for Lawrence Taylor playing at the same time, Andre Tippett might have been even more of a household name. And uh, and lastly, uh, for now, uh, Brian Urlacher, New Mexico. Um, interestingly here, he's listed as a defensive back. Uh, hmm, didn't know that one. Uh, he, of course, went on to become uh, one of the quintessential middle linebackers in NFL history. Uh, he was uh, the face of the Chicago Bears for so long, which when you think of the Bears, I think you always think defense and Dick Butkus and whatnot. Um, Monsters of the Midway and Brian Urlacher personified that in every way possible. So, again... Quite a lineup, uh, to say the least. Glad we're having a chance to cover it today. So uh, why don't we take our break? We have a few more things to get to on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is uh, Warriors-Cavs Game 2 on Sunday night 
in the NBA Finals. Uh, you know, pretty simple. If the Cavs are going to win a championship, they have to win a game in Golden State. State, just that, just that obvious. So, uh, if you had to pick one that uh, they're most likely one to win, uh, in my mind, it obviously is Game Two. Uh, you don't want to get into these must wins in Game Five and obviously Game Seven out there. Uh, so uh, they're going to come fired up, ready to play. Of course, the big question will be, did they come up with a formula last night to stop Steph and Clay, or was it uh, uh, just a one-game aberration? Was it, uh, you know, partially due to just, you know, Steph and Clay's not having their best night, or was it really the Cavs coming up with something special it backfired in a way that the Golden State bench was awesome last night, especially uh, Barboza and Livingston. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, they, I, in my mind, I don't think they can repeat that performance. So if indeed uh, the Cavs have found that formula, uh, it'll be fascinating to watch, and that would be game two Sunday night. And secondly, uh, the second pick of the weekend for appointment viewing would be, of course, Penguins, San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. Also from the Bay Area, Bay Area's place to be this weekend. That's for darn sure. Two finals games, uh, back-to-back Saturday and Sunday night. Uh, San Jose has to win, period, at home. They're down 2-0, lost both games in Pittsburgh, both good games. Uh and they can't go down 3-0, uh, so they simply must win tomorrow night. Uh, that in and of itself makes it, uh, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, Game 7-like. Uh, it's not an elimination game, but uh, it might as well be. Uh, they just simply have to do it. Uh, not that it can't be done in the NHL. It's never been done in the NBA, by the way. Nobody's ever come back from down 3-0. Uh, they have come back from down 3-0. In fact, it was the San Jose Sharks who gave, themselves gave up a 3-0 lead to the LA Kings. I think it was just last year. Um, so uh, we know it can be done, and I, of course, witnessed it up close and personal when the Philadelphia Flyers not only came back from a three-games-down deficit, uh, to the Bruins, uh, the Bruins were ahead in Game Seven at the Garden, three to nothing. Uh, so the the Flyers came back three zero uh, twice, as it were. And an interesting uh, irony: uh, the Bruins went on to win the Stanley Cup the following year, where they swept out swept the Flyers in 2011. And as I said, uh, and the San Jose Sharks used. There, losing a 3-0 lead to the Kings to beat them this year and then roll into the Stanley Cup Finals. So, uh, interesting how these 3-0 leads can work out. But tomorrow, the Sharks need to, uh, you know, come up big, to put it mildly. One other big note of the week was, of course, the uh, satellite camp situation that we've talked about often on this show. And uh, it just continues to get bigger rather than smaller. Of course, I'm talking about Nick Saban 
coming out, speaking his mind, uh, talking about how the satellite camps uh, bring in a lot of third parties, um, and therefore is you know unregulated compared to AAU basketball, uh, so to speak. And Jim Harbaugh then fired back on Twitter, basically scolding Saban. So, hey, it's great. Great to see two of the biggest biggest names in college football uh, going at it publicly, so to speak. They're they're naming names. (laughs) Um, And the whole Jim Harbaugh, this satellite camp, which I love. Uh, I think it's just good for everybody, and look at what it's already generating on the media front with this type of Saban-Harbaugh interaction. Uh, But, um, you know, Michigan is planning, I think, like 40 of these camps, like everywhere, American Samoa. Uh, But tomorrow, they're going to be up in my neck of the woods. They're actually going to be in Connecticut uh, having a University of Michigan satellite camp in, I believe, Cheshire, Connecticut, not all that far from ESPN. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, fascinating to watch this whole situation unfold. Let's not forget, uh, you know, this really started last year with Harbaugh doing this, then picked up a little steam, uh, you know, when Harbaugh took him down to Florida in February to Bradenton IMG Academy. And then, uh, and then yes, it, uh, then the NCAA banned it. Um, just, you know, uh, a couple of weeks back. And then they reversed the ban. And uh, so, again, this stuff is really uh, uh, priceless. Um, you know, to put it mildly, um, and we have just been on top of it, uh, you know, since it started. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list of where they're going. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it already started Atlanta and Jacksonville and Lauderdale today, Tampa tomorrow, Cheshire, Connecticut, at Cheshire Academy, as I mentioned. I'll just run down the list. Norfolk, Virginia, Madison, Alabama, Princeton, New Jersey, Mobile, Alabama, Pearl, Mississippi, Cleveland Heights, Paramus, New Jersey, Ohio, Detroit, Waco, Texas, (laughs) Baylor, um, Houston, Texas, Kansas, Kansas City, Columbia, South Carolina, SEC country. California, L.A., I mean, it is just uh, fascinating to watch. Michigan football truly is everywhere. And, uh, again, great to see. Bottom line, great for the kids. They get a chance to see coaches they might normally not have seen. And vice versa. So it's a fun story to watch unfold. A lot more to come on that. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. That's why Macy's is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org.